Well, good evening. Here is the last part of the second day. I remember years ago, the last time that uh, I didn't keep Passover day as the first day of unleavened bread, and uh, my wife and I were driving and we stopped at a Sonic and had a big burger. We both got sick, and I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> now I understand why. We're not supposed to eat leavening on the day, days of unleavened bread. So you learn. I'm, I, sometimes I think I'm too old to learn, but I learned a few things yesterday in the sermon. Uh, uh, it made sense, finally, that the first day of unleavened bread is about God. The next six days about us is what we have to do. You know, before Passover, um, we examine ourselves. I think most of the time, uh, I've examined myself on the negative aspect mostly. So my sins, what I did, how how I don't do this right, I don't do that right. Uh, uh, and I remember First Corinthians, it says, let a man examine himself. So that's what I do on starting probably before the 10th, but uh, do a lot of it. Examining myself and seeing who I am, I remember... Also in Psalms 26, verses 2 through 7, David uh, asked God to examine him. So sometimes when I'm examining myself, I talk to God and say, you know, if you examine me, then I can better understand what I'm doing. So I know I need God's help in examining myself. So in Psalms 26, verses 2, David said, examine me, O God, and prove me. Uh, David said, check out my integrity, how, where I stand in relationship to you. He said, try my, my reins and my heart. And before Passover, I, I do a lot of that. Soul searching, maybe, and asking God, to, what's in my heart? What, what do I think? What do I do? Uh, he goes on in verse 3, he, For your loving kindness is before me, before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. So I look at that and I say, What am I doing? Am I really walking in God's way, in the truth that Christ set forth? So I have to, I give a lot of thought to that, and I hope that all of us really understand it. Uh, on the first day of unleavened bread, uh, I look at what God did for me. He sacrificed Christ. He sacrificed that for you. He sacrificed Christ for the world. So, it, when I did that first year, uh, last year I should say that I didn't keep Passover day as the right day as the first day of unleavened bread, uh, I really got sick. And I couldn't figure it out for probably several years. And so I really appreciated the, the knowledge that was given to us on Sabbath, uh, or yesterday, on the first day of unleavened bread, because I always thought every day was about me, about what I did and all my sins and stuff. And I realized that, no, it's about Christ. 
And the Father sacrificing for us. And that was very important because now we've got six days uh, examining ourselves each day and where we stand. Verse 4, I have not sat with vain persons, neither do I go into the dissemblers. A dissembler is one who puts a veil over things or it, it does it out of sight. Um, this, the, the word is used as a hypocrite. So David said, I don't even sit with people that are hypocrites. So I have to examine myself on the six days that I have to examine myself. Am I sitting with the hypocrites? Am I concealing who I am and what I do? Or am I hiding it from from God? No, I'm not hiding it from God. But I can try to hide it from everybody else. And that's not what God wants. Verse 6, I will wash my hands in innocency, so will I confess my compass past thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wonderful works. Isn't that marvelous that we can have the knowledge that God has given to us that we can through our actions and our voice and our, our way of life we can show how great God is. Before Passover and as we heard last Sabbath I, I know that I'm looking at who I am. I know I wrote all these things down I, I know when Darrell was giving the sermon I thought well, he's going, to, he's going to take care of everything I had planned for for the first sermon. But but it's okay. It's okay. I can see who I am. So I spent a lot of time looking at who I am. And you know what I did is I made a list. I'm not going to show it to you or tell you. It wouldn't be good. But I had at least 10 or 11 or 12 things I wrote down of things in my examination of myself that I need to change. And and I think today's Unleavened Bread helps us to do that. Um, when I eat unleavened bread, or when you eat unleavened bread, I ask the question, what do you think about? What, what does it mean to you when you eat unleavened bread? Do you think about uh, the fact that it's flat bread? You'd like to have something puffed up, or uh, you know, I this morning I went out there and had. I, I didn't have any um any homemade unleavened bread. I did have a few matzos, uh, and I thought, how can I make a uh, cheese? I mean, an egg sandwich with a matzo. It doesn't work so good, <laughs> but. But what do you think about every time you eat the unleavened bread? Does it make you think, am I pleasing God? Or what do you think? Uh, in 1 Corinthians, I mean Colossians, I'm sorry, Colossians 1 verse 10, I look at what things I need when I eat the bread. I'll look at that list that I have. A lot of things to think about. I, 
I do think I, I did look at one, I, uh, but, but I think of that list. So I sat there this morning eating that matzo, that flatbread. It didn't taste very good. And I got to thinking, that list I got, what does it say? And so I started looking at the list and quickly I was able to put it down because there were so many things that have to be going over. But I got to thinking about one of them at a time in Colossians 1 and verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the eternal unto pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. So as I ate that, I thought, Am I pleasing God with what I do? And am I pleasing God with what I do? And it's kind of discouraging, I guess, you say, because there's so many things that I can see I didn't please God on. And I want to please God. I think of of prayer. Sometimes, you know, when we pray, and I thought about this earlier several times, uh, when we pray, do we really want to pray? Uh, in my years in, in the church, I've had people come to me and say, well, I need to pray to God. Well, the aspect at the time they said that was they needed to pray to God because they They needed some help. But there are other times people come and say, well, I've got to go pray to God. And the action was, I have to pray to God. I've had children, I look back at my life and I enjoyed talking to my dad. I thought he was probably the smartest, strongest man that ever walked the earth. And then I think of the person that said, well, I just have to go and talk to God. Well, I would think that at that time, if I said that to my dad, that I had to talk to you or I wasn't going to get anything, he would tell me, don't come. <laughs> if that's the case, you don't want to. If you don't want to talk to me, then don't. You tough it out. So... When I think about that, do I really want to talk to God? Well, I want to talk to my dad, so I do that. So many times I'll get on my knees and pray, but then I get up when I can get up. And I just talk to God about other things. Because I want to have a relationship with the Father. I want to have a relationship with Christ. And if my attitude at the time is, I'm only praying because it's a commanded deal, and I'm going to get something for it, I don't think God wants to hear it. Don't think He wants to hear it. So when it comes to taking unleavened bread, if I eat unleavened bread because it's commanded, and I really don't want to do that, am I really looking for the knowledge of God. Am I really honoring God? Does He really respect me? So in the days of unleavened bread, I try to put more emphasis 
in my communication with God, especially when I eat uh, unleavened bread. Verse 11, uh, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto the, the patience and love, uh, long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father with uh, which has made us meet and partakers of the inheritance of the saints. You know, I want to be a part of what God's doing. I want to be a part of His family. I want to be a part with each one of you. And so, when I look back at Matthew 25, uh, Christ said, the way you treat each other is the way you treat me. So I'm wondering, how do I treat each other? So this is something that I think about on the days of unleavened bread because this could be one of the things that I have on my list. How do I treat you? Do I love you? If I really love you, then I love God. And I want to spend time with you. So I want to be a partaker of the inheritance that God has promised to each one of us. So, I also, when I was thinking about unleavened bread, I went back to Matthew 25, the first verse, first few verses. Uh, it talks about the ten virgins. And it's interesting when you think about the ten virgins, uh, Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Um, as, a, as a human being, we look at the, the ways we can, in the parable, look at how, where we sit in that parable. The wise studied, prayed. When it comes to days of unleavened bread, they analyzed who they were. Not just before and and then take the Passover. But afterwards, they got to looking at who they are and what they need to change. So they work at, the five wise worked at making the change. Because when the time comes and they all fall asleep, they've got something that they built up where the foolish didn't do that. So the, there are two approaches that we can take in relationship to the, uh, the ten virgins of eating the unleavened bread. The one, work at making a change. That's the, the approach that I think that all people need to do is take that approach. The other approach is to be like the foolish and don't make the change. I mean, it's easy, and I look back at many years of eating unleavened bread. We we get the bread at the table. We eat a little bit of leavened bread, uh, unleavened bread. <laughs> we, eat, um, we eat the leaven too. But we eat the unleavened bread, and we go about whatever we've been doing all day. We don't really sit down and think of, why am I eating unleavened bread? What's, what's the purpose in it? Is it just to be, to look at 
the things that I've done wrong, really look and think about what I've done, how I live, who I am. Or do I just eat it and then go on? So that's it. There's the two approaches of either change or being like the foolish virgins who like the Laodiceans. I already know it. You know, that's what the Laodiceans did. They were like the foolish virgins. They said, I already know that. I already do these things. So, there's not much. I just eat the bread. That's because it's a commanded day. So, I eat because I am told to do that. Or I eat it because I want to think about why I eat unleavened bread. Am I trying to unleaven myself? Am I trying to be de-leavened? I was thinking when I was thinking this, Christ, when he returns, what's he going to do? He's going to de-leaven the planet. What he's going to start off with, he's going to de-leaven the planet. The first big thing, get rid of a lot of the people, a lot of the leavening, and then finally put Satan away. But it won't happen right away, will it? We know in Zechariah it says uh, those in Egypt are not going to want to be deleavened, and um, he's going to have to show them that that's what they need to do. So eventually the planet will become deleavened. So eating unleavened bread to me makes me think of that's what Christ's going to do too. He's going to do that. Psalms 81, Psalm 81. Verse 11, Psalm 81, verse 11, the two ways, either make the change or eat the unleavened bread because you're commanded to. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of, would none of me, wouldn't have anything of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts, lust, and they walked in their own course. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. So, here, Israel didn't listen. They didn't de-leaven themselves. They just kept doing what they wanted to do. They did their own thing. Proverbs 14, verse 6. A scorner seeks wisdom. The foolish virgins sought for wisdom. And find it not. But knowledge is easy unto those that understand. So the wise virgins understand. And so they, they work at making the change in their life. That's the oil that, that the wise put in their, in their vessel. The vessel is our bodies. The oil is God's spirit. And so if you put the change is God's spirit into your body, uh, and you're going to be like a wise virgin. And remember when the bridegroom came, the wise had had the background. They knew what they wanted, and they had it stored. The foolish thought, "Hey, I already know it. Why should I study anymore? Why should why should I?" Look at who I am and go through my life and see what I've got to make changes in. So we put, if we're wise, 
if we're if we have the desire to be a part, like it said earlier, to be a part of the family of God, then we're going to study, we're going to pray, and during the days of unleavened bread, we're going to look at the things that we examined ourselves for before Passover. It's one of the things that you, you examine yourself to see that, hey, I'm not worthy of this, you're right. The only reason I'm able to take the Passover is because God is merciful and God has given, given me that opportunity. So after the Passover, during the days of unleavened bread, the six days, I can look at the things I need to change because I need to put that oil in my vessel so that I can be something that God likes. Proverbs 18, verse 15. Proverbs 18, verse 15. The heart of the prudent gets knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks uh, knowledge. So, as a person who wants to grow, I have to see the mistakes I'm making or see where I am falling short of the of what God has offered to me. And so I will, I will look for knowledge, look for ways to make the change. And, and that's a wise person. In John 3, 20 through 21, for John 3, John, John chapter 3, there, uh, John said, for everyone that does evil, hates the light. So the heart of man, Jeremiah 17, 9, is, says, uh, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. So everyone that does evil hates the light. Neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Well, if we're making mistakes, during the days of little Greg, if we eat eat the mistakes or, or eat the unleavened bread and think about I need to be deleavened. Then I can see something and I'm asking God to put that light into me so that I can understand what I need to do to deleaven myself. Verse 21. But he that does truth comes to the light. So, by studying it, and finding the truth and finding mistakes and changing them, that then I'm coming to the light. I'm coming into the knowledge of God and coming closer to be a part of what He is. That His deeds may be manifested, that they that they are worked in God. So I can see that what I do is with God's help, I'm coming into the light of seeing what has to be done. In Luke 14, Christ telling us that we have to bear our cross. So he says, Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. So if I'm not studying and trying to change, and that's what unleavened bread is, we're changing. We're, we're finding mistakes and we're trying to get rid of those mistakes. 
for which of you tends to build a tower and sits not down first and can, and counts the cost whether he can, with sufficient funds, build it. Finish it. We started building a building, a temple. Our body is the temple of God's Spirit. So we started building that. And if we want to be a disciple of Christ, we should sit down and see what it's going to take to build that temple. And sometimes it's pretty tough. Because we just don't always want to do it. But if we don't plan ahead, and why God gives us His holy days, they're all part of planning ahead. And so if we don't and can't finish it, then we're like the, the foolish virgins. When the bride came, what happened? They didn't go in, did they? They didn't take the time to study and prepare for it. And so, they didn't get to finish their temple. Sometimes I, I look and I think, I don't do a lot of things, especially in unleavened, during unleavened bread. You get a little lazy. It's easy to find something else to do. It's easy to be distracted. And, and you can get distracted pretty easy. And so if you get distracted, then you're going to not spend the right amount of time uh, looking at who you are and trying to get yourself straightened out. You want to be a part of what God's doing. At least that's the way I find myself. Maybe you all you are not like me, but I can get distracted pretty easy. Uh, when it comes to studying or praying, or, uh, and then I find I want to pray, so I get back at it, and I'll spend a couple hours at it maybe. But it's easy to get distracted, distracted, and not not find yourself looking at your mistakes and trying to make the change. In Hebrews six and verse twelve, Hebrews six. Hebrews six twelve. When I print them out, I can read them better. And, uh, and I know you don't can get them quick. Here we're told that you be not slothful, but followers of them who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. So God gives us people to follow. He. He gave us Isaiah. He gave us Jeremiah. He gave us David. He gave us Moses. He gave us uh, Abraham. He gave us a lot of people. Today, he gives us a, a, a person to teach us, and he gives him the knowledge to teach us, and do we then follow what that person tells us to do? It's easy to be distracted or, or pulled aside or be slothful, not wanting to follow. Uh, I've heard maybe six or seven thousand sermons, maybe I think. <laughs> I forget what it was. I, I really counted it up one time and there was a lot of sermons. 
And sometimes I wonder, did I, do I still follow those things? Sometimes the speaker was really good. He, 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 he could capture um, the thought. And, but there were others that it just don't capture, don't mean anything to you. But if I follow those that God set in the position to be teachers, you know, um, we have, we know in the government of God there are elders, there are deacons and elders, and then there are elders that are preachers, and then there are elders that are pastors or shepherds, and there were a few elders that were evangelists, and some that were apostles. So, in the church, we have people that give, that teach us, do we follow the teaching? In Peter, I think it is, first, second Peter 1, it says that those people that wrote the scriptures wrote because God inspired them to do that. They didn't write it because they were writing a novel or a, or a book or something. They wrote as they were told how to write. So do we follow those? And God today puts people to teach us. And do we, and they are inspired. I know it's, we're human. We're people. And sometimes we think, why is that guy doing the speaking? I know him. I know what he does. But God inspires it. And God authorizes it. So do we follow Patiently, with faith, and accept the promises that are offered to us. There is a difference then between the, the foolish virgins and the wise virgins. The wise virgins really spend a lot of time. Their primary interest was finding out how they can please God and what they had to do to make their life cooperate with what God teaches. And the foolish, they know it. You know, Daryl brought a, I had that written down. He brought the, uh, about the two people went to pray. There was the, the Pharisee who was out praying. Uh, his attitude was, I am something good, you know. And God, you can understand that I do all these things. You know what I do, and, you know. And the other one was the, just the guy, a human being. He wasn't special. He didn't have a title. And he looked up to God and said, I really want to talk with you, Dad. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your direction. And I am not worthy even to be here. You know that he he looked at it at the position that if you went in front of a king, remember uh, Esther, when she approached Ahasuerus, she had to hope that he would allow her to come. 
Had she just barged in there, she would have died. So you wouldn't go in front of a judge, and I've been in front of judges here. You respect them highly, or they'll put you down, and you'll wind up on the bottom side of something. Anyway, so the publican loved God. He recognized he needed God in his life. I look at the, the Pharisee, I thought, in First Corinthians 13. It's a memorized scripture, a chapter. It's the love chapter. And, and I looked at that before I came and I said, in chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and, and of angels and have not love, I'm nothing. That sounds like the Pharisee, doesn't it? I'm the greatest, I have the greatest ability to speak. But in reality, he didn't have that kind of love. And whether he was, he could have the greatest knowledge, you know, the second thing, didn't mean nothing to God. Does it? So, we might think we are something great. We might hold a position. <laughs> uh, you know, I've had people say, well, you're an elder. Yeah, right. I'm 85. I'm elder most most of you out there. There's only one that's elderly than me. But I'm just a human too. And I make a lot of mistakes. If you only knew how many mistakes you would probably want, wouldn't want to be around me. But I look at those mistakes. When I eat that leavened, unleavened bread, I think about those things. And I'm trying to make changes. And it's, it's difficult. The publican, he was the one that said, love is suffering long. So when I look at myself during unleavened bread, do I look at the positive aspects? The negative aspect is you're the greatest. The positive is, do I suffer long? Do I put up with things that that I should? I should have patience and and love and respect. Am I kind? I'm living bread. I ask myself, am I kind? Do I envy? other people and other things vaunts not itself I'm not puffed up and well you know the, the reality is sometimes I see myself puffed up but I see me and sometimes I see me as a really a good guy and I won't ask you what you see me like because it's different you see me based on your background. But in reality, when I take and eat unleavened bread, I ask, who am I in respect to God? Can I take 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, read on, um, do I behave, behave myself unseemly? 
Uh, there's scriptures that in Timothy and Titus, so I hold a position. I think about that too during unleavened bread. Do I uh, rejoice not in iniquity? Do I like iniquity? Do I like all the junk stuff that's in this world, the way the government's going? So, I go back to what I said earlier. What do I look, how do I look at myself during days of unleavened bread and eating unleavened bread? I have those two choices. I can look at it and decide that I need to make a change in my life. I need to, I need to set my standards to godly standards. And, or do I just eat the unleavened bread because this is a day of unleavened bread and so you've got to eat a piece of unleavened bread every day. I mean, that's the command. You say, if I eat leavened bread, then I'm going to die. And, uh, so I have those two choices. And I think every one of us needs to take those same two choices. But there is something more than just about me. And I got another sermon at the end of the week. And in that sermon, I will cover that other. It's something I borrowed from John Reitenbaugh. So what I got to say from Friday is is borrowed from John, but it's good because it gives me a better perspective of, of unleavened bread and why I eat the unleavened bread. So, to eat unleavened bread means a lot to me now. And, and after the sermon yesterday, it means a lot more because I never looked at it in the aspect that it's actually two feast days. So God's given us, He gives us the knowledge if we're willing to receive it. And so it comes from a man. Big deal. But it's really from God because God inspires it. So next time when I speak, I'm going to cover the days of living bread, symbols that uh, symbolizing it's all about God. So, so next time you get to hear unleavened bread all about God. Not about us, but it's all about God. And I thank John Reitenball for that. Thank you for coming. <laughs>